The worst, the, the worst thing about you the want be- me to save it for the middle of a joke. The worst thing about the belches is the look she gives me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, say something about it. It's just like, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you got something, boy? <laughs> no, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm just being belched out in my living room. <laughs> Welcome to episode 19 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Soft enough for a woman, but made for a manhandling, it's Talon Lee. In my country, our national anthem almost featured Dancing with a Sheep. Nine out of ten dietitians recommend Jeb Retch. Hi, listener. You are looking lovely today. And I does what Nintendo and Fox Lee. For a limited time only, is our special guest, Sabriel. Hello. Right, that's all I'm good for. You guys are doing the rest of the podcast on your own. <laughs> Later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fox, what have you been playing? Uh, Jeb, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I have played gay school girls solving, mis- solving random mysteries in their high school. Why, hello. Uh, the, the developers of, uh, Long with the Queen have recently put out another title called Black Closet, oh. which is exactly as I just described. You are the, the president of a, of the student council at an all-girls boarding school, and you and your fellow student body members, uh, council members, have to solve various, <clears throat> various mysteries that are going on in the school, ranging from things like, uh, someone lost their hairband to apparently someone is dealing smack in the school. Okay, well, that escalated quickly. Uh, one of the things this game does that's particularly diabolical is when you finish it, it gives you this little printed out sheet of things you did do and things you didn't do. And I learned about this game from Caitlin, who just of a morning is whole, effectively, imagine me waking up in the morning and the first thing that happens is someone mashing a piece of paper against my face, which has on it as a list, made a straight girl doubt her sexuality. <laughs> this is a game that's got a very, uh, it's got some tropes going on. It's, it's not great, but it, it has its moments. Probably. The art is kinda not great. Yeah, it has that sort of, um, early deviant art feel. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's Which is a change from, like, you know, Long Live Queen had a very clean art style and this doesn't. Yeah. But it's still, it's still fun to solve the random mysteries and... Personally, I did think Long Live the Queen's art is very sort of amateurish. Not bad, but... Like, it, it did feel like a developing artist's work kind of thing. I don't know if that's rude to say. I'm technically a developing artist. That is not supposed to be an insult. Well, uh, Black Closet is definitely a step down from there. Yeah. Yeah, bummer. Without question. I um, think sometimes they have a variety of artists working on the one project, just in terms of growing sprites. Um, mm-hmm. I played a demo of theirs, uh, Royal Trap. I think it is, which I do quite want to get. I just don't know if I can afford the full price of it. Um, where some characters are like really distinctly beautifully done and some are like, you know, give off that put together in a character builder mm-hmm. vibe. Like just, it's very hard to believe they could have been drawn by the same people. Um, <clears throat> and the, any other games you played this week, Jeb? Uh, well, uh, you might have heard of Techno Babylon. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Which is extremely good. And uh, I hope our listener is paying attention. You want to play this game. You want to go out and you actually want to stop listening right now. 
no, don't no. tell them to stop listening. Well, this is more important than the podcast. They can listen to this later. What they no. can't do is go get Techno Babylon. It's it's uh, discounted right now. So yeah, go buy it. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, you as, go there, but you have to come back. Uh, and listener, um, I know I've mentioned these games in the past in various venues. This is made by the same people who are responsible for the Blackwell games. So you know that extensive part of the podcast way back when? I know you've listened to all of them, listener. But uh, that one podcast where we talked about adventure game mechanics, and I said that there was there were people who were pushing point-and-click adventure game mechanics and the mechanisms for storytelling and solving puzzles in them to new positions. That's these people. And now they've done a cyberpunk game. Yeah. I was going to say, I haven't heard of Techno Babylon, so if you want to give me the 20 cent summary. Yeah, you should tell us about it. Go for it, Jeb. Uh, it's, uh, it's a cyberpunk, it's a mo- it's a modern take on cyberpunk, so, you know, instead of having the, the, the brain jack and all that that you're used to from things like Shadowrun and, and Cyberpunk 2020, there's this biomechanical gel that you slather onto whatever you want to be able to interface with. <laughs> Um, one of the main characters grows her own, so she has this lump of of of, of goo that she carries with her. To uh, most of her puzzle solving involves going into the going into the internet and interacting with divi- the 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 physical representations of the, the the real world systems that she's interacting with on the internet. But one of the first puzzles involves getting her to take the knight that is in the door lock of her uh, apartment and convincing it to attack the anime chef girl that's in her food replicator. Well, the food replicator won't let her get metal utensils, and she needs a metal utensil in order to get out of the room. That's sort of borderline understand this. Um, Jeb, you've played Beneath the Steel Sky? Of course I play Beneath the Steel Sky. It's free. So so the same sort of <laughs> abstracted um, hacking representations of things rather than necessarily a sort of uh, literal, actual hacking minigame? Well, the, the hacking in it is more conversation based on the way that uh, that she... The way that she interacts with, with the internet, it's mostly conversational. She she messes up the she messes up the 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 food replicator and and recycler by using a spam by using a malware that she gets in her email, and then she talks her way to through uh, dealing with the, the the various programs that she encounters. And in a very amusing bit, she gets she has kind of a short fuse with them, so very quickly you can decide just to start insulting them. <laughs> Great. That sounds satisfying. Um, what one thing you'll notice in a, in a really good game with a sense of character to it? Often the character you're meant to identify will start saying the things that you want to say in the game. <laughs> uh, I, I remember one developer talking about a game where the where after a cheap death, the in-game protagonist yelled out, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> It sounds to me like uh, this character has a similar thing where about the point the player is getting fed up with the puzzles, she starts getting fed up with the puzzles. Well, it's not even so much you're getting fed up with the puzzles, you're getting fed up with, like I said, an anime girl chef. Mm. And I cannot see the word the anymore, thanks to this game. (laughs) Anyone who plays this game will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That fucking little jingle. So it sounds pretty interesting. I'll I'll have to play this and then come back and see if I do understand. I'll report back next week. You will, don't worry, you'll understand. Uh, but there's also a couple of, uh, essentially AI-directed detectives that you control, and they play out differently entirely. They're actually actively looking for clues. Um, 
One of them is a Luddite, so he doesn't do anything with the internet whatsoever. And it's a completely different, uh, it's a completely different aspect that the game takes within itself. It looks at its problem solving in two different ways, in different ways depending on the chapter, which character you're controlling. Hmm. And of course, eventually the whole thing gets crossed over with itself, and there's conspiracies and blah blah blah, government control, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's really everything about it is exceptionally well done. I do like games. even Oops, sorry even uh, even care even when you're you're controlling the the detectives, you're only ever controlling one of them. The other will. Just walk about the room and look at things just on their own. So it adds that it's not as static as adventure games tend to be. It's actually there's motion and livelihood, and it actually feels like you're in a real place. I do like games that run multiple story threads and you know bring them together in the end. The field of cyberpunk is something that I don't see a lot of in point and click games, which it's kind of funny because if you ever needed a setting where there was an excuse for. <laughs> I have a generic use option, and the object works out how it's meant to be used. You know, Cyberpunk would kind of have that. Omni-Tool. Yeah. This uh, is the second one I've been playing lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of feels like Cyberpunk has been out for a while, and is, you know, regaining popularity. Yeah. I really enjoy it, except for the fact that there's a lot of that 80s aesthetic that goes with it, and yeah. I am no friend to the 80s, to be honest. <laughs> I am really glad that Technobat One takes it. You know, it's a like I said, you're not going to have you're not going to have you know wire jacking into the internet when <laughs> we don't even do that fucking now. They 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 forego that that 80s that that Cyberpunk 2020 aesthetic. Oh, yeah, that's good. They completely forego that. It's just it's a really oppressive. Well, it's not Dex. Yeah, as, as... thank Christ for that. <laughs> God, I hate that game. As with all visions of the future, there are some parts of Cyberpunk that haven't aged particularly well. So, you know, it's nice to review that without losing the spirit of it, I guess. Yeah, I want to spare everyone that whole film student, this is what Cyberpunk means kind of discussion. <laughs> Though we should totally do an episode that is just... You should write just... something on your blog. No, we should totally do an episode that is just us getting Cyberpunk and uh, noir film fans and talking about what cyberpunk <laughs> kind of was rooted in <laughs> great i get to play eye level character again yeah. you've done film <laughs> studies <laughs> yeah we didn't really go into genre what i'm talking like camera techniques and stuff uh, and hey sabriel hi what have you been playing lately um let's see at the beginning of the week i started playing rebel rebel galaxy a preview build have you heard of this nope is it as star wars as it sounds uh, yeah it's in space <laughs> space is good. I like space. So uh, Almost you... all my favorite things are in space. Yeah, space is pretty cool. <laughs> um, you... What? <laughs> you the filthiest look for trying to be positive. It wasn't that. You just made me laugh. Okay. okay. You're saying... Like saying most people I like breathe air. <laughs> most of them do. Most of them. <laughs> Oh, right. Pendix is a robot. Pendix is a robot, and I think Fiora is a Vocaloid. But anyway, <laughs> so, Rebel Galaxy, you are in um, trying to find your aunt, and in doing so, you have a um, something called a capital ship. Think a Battlestar. Okay. And um, you have to go around doing missions, uh, completing quests and whatnot to find evidence, <coughs> to build up money, to uh, upgrade your ship, because you are going to be... Uh, Blowing the crap out of uh, pirates and whatnot. 
<laughs> and uh, let's see what else. Or you could also do some mining or commodity trading, all this kind of stuff to get more money to advance the storyline to find your aunt. And so I it's kind of like, sounds like, a, like a, a freelancer. Yeah, I, I like, was going to evoke privateer <laughs> because I don't know. I'm even more old. <laughs> <laughs> You're younger than us. <laughs> I repeat, I was raised in the 1880s. We talked about burning witches. No, you didn't have video games, so shut up. <laughs> but you so. Uh, just as if I have just opened up the website. Holy crap, this looks good. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's got a very Firefly-esque um, feel to it, if, you, if you've watched the show. Uh, yeah. Like, nice. um, folky music going on the entire time you're playing. If you start a new, new battle, it has a more exciting tracks start playing. Um, oh, it, it's so much fun. So, so the main thing it lets you do uh, that you're enjoying um, would probably be that sort of feeling of choice. You know, yes. you can go dick around and kill pirates. You can want, you can muck around and and uh, trade on the market. You can smuggle. I'm assuming. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you basically, you have a whole. So galaxy. you're piloting. The... You have a whole star system, like I mean, a galaxy cluster to pounce around in and just explore. So yes, you're Fox. piloting the beep up. Sorry, Fox, is in <laughs> Fox literally has her hand up. What? <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask a question. Miss Sabriel, Fox has a question. <laughs> Um, I, I want to know about who you're playing. Is this a fixed main character you could introduce us to, or is this like no. a cool build-your-own character? You are totally playing yourself. A faceless character, faceless avatar. You don't see them, you don't talk. Aww. You choose menu options Aww. from various things. So I was playing as me. Hopefully this works even if you have, you know, no aunt who is likely to get stolen. <laughs> like, you know, my, my aunts are both very sensible people. They wouldn't be having any of that. Well, you think your aunt does too. Just imagining someone trying to come and kidnap. Sorry, just imagining someone trying to turn up at my family's gathering to try and kidnap someone. Like, no, no, we're not having that. No. I have lots of aunts. This is not proper. (laughs) But you were saying we don't do that sort of thing in this family. (laughs) You looks like you're about to set up one of the young ones having an adventure. Nope, nope, we don't be having with none of that. (laughs) Oh my god, this looks good though. Oh, it's so much fun. It's um, I think they're shooting for just quote unquote this year as a release, but um, the preview build just ended. They had like a week long test phase for press, and and they said I asked them and I said we're probably not going to do any more previews. We just want to get the game out now. Yeah. But it's been like overwhelmingly positive. There have been some minor things, but nothing huge that took away from the game at all. So it looks kind of uh, fast, responsive controls, more tactical than strategic kind of stuff? Uh, a little bit of strategy and tactical here. Um, your, I'm going to say Battlestar, because I just like saying that word. But um, you have two, can- <laughs> two kinds of guns. You have like a gauze cannon on top, which you can fire at missiles that are coming at you, or take out little raiders. Or you can use your broadsides, which are huge cannons on the side of your ship, and you attack <laughs> larger ships with those. Fox likes that word. <laughs> Oh, is it Battlefleet Gothic? <laughs> Which word? I like Battle. I like Battlefleet Gothic a whole lot. <laughs> I, I am not a big WoW fan, as most people who've heard me grabbing on on this podcast probably know. But one of the really satisfying things I did in that game is I had a pet bear and I named him Broadside. <laughs> Broadside's a good word, and it, good I'm word. I'm looking at screenshots and like I could definitely imagine if the, if this is done with the character conveyed in the screenshot, like big chunky chunk sounds as the things are fired. Oh yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> I I imagine that would be a very satisfying maneuver to pull yes. off. <laughs> oh, you know, blowing up something that's two and a half kilometers away. Jeez. 
So yeah, that looks like it's a pretty good game. You you, you uh, have high hopes or? I have the highest of hopes. Awesome. And it's also a great game where, um, okay, so you have warp travel to get to other parts in the galaxy. It'll take you two, three minutes to get there. So you can alt-tab uh. while you do that. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes you'll run into asteroid fields or other ships that need help. So you just jump back real quick, help them out or blow them up, go back to browsing <laughs> the web. I, I am kind of interested by how much idle time in games is being used as a valuable resource. Mm. Uh, like, games actually giving you the opportunity to alt-tab out for a bit without panicking are actually really valuable. Uh-huh. It's like playing a paladin in Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, Mountain. Do you remember that? I did not play that. <laughs> Mountain was this game that came out and, and journalists talked about how wonderful it was and how enjoyable it was and players who bought the game were like it's just a rock it doesn't do anything (laughs) and matt lee's pointed out that if your job is say being a video game journalist maybe you want something that can sit on your desktop that you don't have to interact with for 40 (laughs) minutes at a time It, it is literally just a bonsai mountain and you can spin it around and look at it and things will happen on it and like little snowfalls will form and you'll see explorers climb. It's really cute. Oh, okay. It's basically a dead uh, toy. You said it does nothing. My, and I thought my, you meant my, it does nothing. Go on, Jeb. Mine, collect, mine collected an orange road cone. A what's that? A road cone. Uh, a road cone. A witch hat. Oh, a witch's hat. <laughs> That's what we call them here. Oh, I only just realized people might not have gotten that photo you posted to your Twitter. What? The witch hiding underground? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the mountain was really well praised by journalists because journalists were <laughs> able to really enjoy it because it fit well with the lifestyle of, oh, say, a journalist. But for actual video game uh, players who are like, I want to, when I'm done with my work, I want to come home and play a game for a while. Mountain's not the sort of thing you want. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Well, quite often, I, I had Mountain running on the, on my other monitor while I was playing a different game. Yeah. Though that does require a certain level of setup. Mm. Another um, game like Mountain is... Go on, Gabriel. Another game like Mountain is Earth Tongue. Yes. Made by my friend Eric. You can just leave it on there, fork around with it here and there, let it go. Earth Tongue? I don't have, I don't have the artistic talent to get a copy of Earth Tongue, and I'm very disappointed in myself. So I don't want to just ask Eric for one <laughs> for copy. Earth Tongue is a really lovely. I I I've, I've not downloaded and played it myself, but I've watched my friends interacting with it, and I, I've commented in the past that video games are machines that make stories, and the stories we're used to hearing from video games tend to be, and then I took out that guy, or and then <laughs> things went massively cockeyed, uh-huh. and then this cassowary like jumped out of nowhere and disemboweled the guy. <laughs> The stories around Earth Tongue are all these really pretty contemplative kind of things. It really is like watching people talk about their gardens. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have no idea what Earth Tongue is except for what I have just heard in this podcast. I will get uh I, I will go get the video Hanan put up of her playing Earth Tongue. It, it's it's an ecosystem simulator. It's just a really weird alien ecosystem and it's really pretty. Why am I feeling the urge to do speed let's plays? <laughs> <laughs> like about Let's say 12 minutes of each game kind of thing. Then <laughs> moving on. No, got to finish now. Uh, <laughs> boss fight. Nope, too bad. Moving spot on. Spot runs. Spot runs. Yeah, like a speed run, but only for a spot. <laughs> All right. 12, 12 minutes of Let's Play Dark Souls. <laughs> let's rush. 12 minutes of Let's Play Dark Souls. Uh, okay, we're still not done fixing the face. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> Holy fuck. Character creation stags you so fast. I have standards. You care about expressing certain things in games. <laughs> yes, do you even, sexiness. Do you even see yourself in Dark Souls? 
Only on your back. Only on the character creation. <laughs> <laughs> Fashion Souls is extremely important. <laughs> Crotch Knight. <laughs> Crotch Knight rides again. <laughs> Not likely. I don't have a computer that can run it anymore. It's <laughs> so much worse when you pair it with the tagline. <laughs> Before I thought he was just a knight with a crotch. Now he's doing things with a crotch. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Crotch knight rides again. Prepare to die edition. <laughs> that's better than crotch knight rises. Revengeance. <laughs> <clears throat> well, as we know in the secret world, you can play the three factions, the Illuminati, the Dragon, and the Crotch Knights. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> We're all adults on this podcast, listener. You have to believe us. Talon, did you tell us what you've been playing? I have been playing non-computer games. <gasps> they have those. Well, well, nerds. Well, specifically, I have been playing um, one video game, but over and over again, and it's the opening few minutes of one of my class assessments, which is a Pokemon game. Nerds. We're we're making a Pokemon game for class. Awesome. That's, oh dear. Yeah. Worse, a cyberpunk Pokemon game. <laughs> I, 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 the deliverable for this assignment is a design document and ideally a workable prototype. I'm <laughs> really up to <laughs> A workable prototype of a cyberpunk Pokemon. Well, that's the thing. We have RPG Maker VX. We have templates for existing Pokemon type games. We can probably make a town you can wander around in and talk Oh, yeah. We can get started. The point is more just to give something to interact with. But as for the, like, the whole combat system and everything, oh god, I am in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, there is a way that you could do that, which is people have written Pokemon engines for RPG Maker. I, I, I may be a step or two ahead of you on that one. Okay, well then you probably could have a workable battle system by the end of this. Anyway, uh, the other thing I've been playing is this game called Timeline, because it fits in my backpack and I can take it to class with me. Um, oh, this is a little card game, isn't it? Uh, yes. The character on the front looks very much like uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock. But not in an awful game. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it's this really cute, charming card game where it, it totally... Car- card game? It's a card game, yeah. Not a collectible card game, but it is a card game. And this is a card game <laughs> which is rated ages six and up. I laugh because I heard Jeb's face falling when you said not collectible. <laughs> Jeb is... Just for a moment, I, then he came back. I, I, I play non-collectible card games too. He plays anime soccer. In a Zoom? No, not in a Zoom. A different one. I am so torn on... I Okay, I watched the series. I, I love how freaking stupid the series is. I want the games, except they all have really horrible names in English. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm so conflicted. You had a, one of the characters is called like Eddie, isn't it? Ah, uh, terrible. I, I like that you're complaining about the English names for a game that at least has one character called <laughs> Aphrodite. Yeah, okay, at least that like relates to something. Yeah, but if you go into any group and say one of the characters is going to be called Aphrodite, you're going to get a lot of people envisioning a giant mop of black hair, not a pretty boy who looks like a <laughs> goddess of love. That's true. He he uh, actually his dub name is one of the more sensible ones. They they don't call him Byron Love. Byron which Love sort of captures <laughs> which, the concept, I suppose, but uh, which is my OK Cupid profile. I man. was going to guess that, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Time timeline is a card game where you deal out a handful of cards, and they have they're two faced, same art on both sides, but one side has a date, and they are events. They are things like 
the invention of the microscope, the first use of stethoscope, the first vaccine, all of these sorts of things, because I have the inventions edition. And you flip them over. You, you basically, the, go, the goal of the game is to arrange them all in order and to place your cards every time you get them in the correct context of the other things. I love this game to pieces. It's effectively, can I put this thing into its historical context, mm. seeing the information on the table? It's, it's beautiful. Perfect for my tastes. Um, and one of the things I like about this the most is that there actually is a uh, edition of the game called Diversity, which includes such things as uh, voting rights for women. And <laughs> and now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news is fit to print for the month of May 2010. Part of this complete breakfast. Uh, Sabriel, do you know what the, how this works? No. Yes. Very simply, we are talking about the latest news for this period of this month. <laughs> From a couple of years ago. It started out as just a kind of a gimmick, and then it, I really got into it as this sort of putting putting games into context. Like, we, we've had a couple of times where we've mentioned, you know, this year, this game, and Jeb's, Jeb's reaction was like, wait, that was, that was last year? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get all romantic about it. Basically, it's a quiz show. <laughs> he gives us hints about the games, and we yell over each other <laughs> until he says, no, it's not Loom. <laughs> And then usually we tell Talon why he's wrong about the his yep. game is. Last week I was so bad. I was like, oh, it's a game you've never played. And Jeb is like, actually, I think you'll find I married that game. <laughs> I don't think any of you are much of a fan of this series. <laughs> I love <laughs> Mario Party. party game in the world. <laughs> like, I have that game tattooed on my back. <laughs> Basically, I'm wrong a lot, and we talk about video games <laughs> that we wouldn't have any particular reason to talk about. Well, cool. Okay. Ones, like the first time Klonoa had been on a home console. Oh, yeah. Something. Ah, I don't know. Anyway. That's not it's cool. like, technically that's true. It's like... <laughs> the point is, Talon may accidentally mislead everyone about the game he's talking about, but we forgive him after making Let's Let's start with something easy. It's not a franchise game. Holy fuck! Oh, so it's Loom. Stunt racing. Wait, what year are we in again? 2010. 10, oh. okay. 2010. It new is property a, from 2010. A new property from 2010. It's a game that drew ire for product tie-ins. Alan Wake? Holy crap! Alan Wake had product tie-ins? Yeah. With Energizer uh, Verizon. Verizon. And Energizer Batteries. And Energizer Batteries, yeah. Verizon. All I could think of was Tony Hawk, and that's a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Though, Alan, Hawk, note, Alan Wake is sort of a franchise now. Now that yeah, two, American Nightmare exists. Yeah, there's two Alan Wake games, but it's not like, uh, well, Tony Hawk, for example. I'm really annoyed whenever Tony Hawk comes up, because I keep remembering that I own a lot of those soundtracks. Like, I bought the albums those soundtracks are from. I think Tony Hawk is technically aiming at 17-year-old me. <laughs> Too bad 17-year-old you couldn't have skateboarded to save his ass. 17-year-old me couldn't have admitted to owning those albums. <laughs> I'd have gotten kicked out of church. <laughs> Quiet. I'm having fun imagining 17-year-old you trying to balance on a skateboard. It's brilliant. It, it's not brilliant. It's not brilliant at all. <laughs> I, you got to remember, I lived in a place with a lot of hills. I'm trying to. I'm trying to imagine imagine you getting getting caught with a friend with a with a Limp Bizkit album. <laughs> At church. Oh, do, do you want to explain this, young man? No! <laughs> no, desperately, no, never. What exactly is a I'm in my, biscuit? I'm in, my, I'm, in my, I'm in my 30s and I wouldn't want to justify having a, a lip biscuit CD. <laughs> <laughs> 
For what it's worth, I was thinking more of the less than Jake uh, scar stuff, but yeah. I think I owned a Limp Biscuit single at one point. I, I had to smuggle it out of the store after buying it. I felt like I'd shoplifted. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. Just quietly singing to yourself as you sneak here. Road and road and road and road. It's a story of serious <laughs> but now it's funny, so yeah. <laughs> all right. I can laugh about it now. <laughs> all right, all right. This is also not a franchise game. It is, however, reminiscent of related franchises. It has it Ubisoft has, game in the same way as Ubisoft game has very much a strong relation to its other Ubisoft properties. No, but, but it's not, not Assassin's Creed. That, that was a bit later than 2010? No, there were, there were Assassin's Creed games in 2010, but no. Yeah, okay. um, Assassin's Creed started in like 2007. Yeah. I, time went by so fast. The amazing thing about Assassin's Creed is that Assassin's Creed has come out every year. A mainline AAA AC <laughs> title has come out every single year. Largely to its detriment. Ah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's usually, a few, usually a spin-off here or there, too, which are actually yeah. pretty good. The spin-offs tend to be it surprisingly It is funny good. that the spin-offs have basically taken over as being the interesting versions of the game. Yeah. The mainline ones are just like, hey, we put pirates in it this time, okay. or here's some extra minigames. So this is not an Assassin's Creed game. It, is I it don't also think 2010? It's, it's also 2010. We're all in 2010 here. Okay. It's somewhat renowned for bugs. Fallout New Vegas. No, but it has Damn. Some, it has something in common with Fallout New Vegas. Ah, uh, Skyrim. No. Ah. That, that was 2011. I don't know in Skyrim. I've never played Skyrim, <laughs> just so you all know. Uh-huh. I took a one look at that and went, I need to like do things and live and, and whatnot by now. Um, so somewhat unhelpfully, really this game has really awful depictions of women. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't I'll really, take all of That doesn't narrow it down at all. Yeah, it really doesn't narrow it down. Um, oh, uh, um, um, Grand Theft Horse. Oh, yes! Yes, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I call it the same thing! <laughs> yes! Have, uh, have you played it at all, Sabriel? I did, I hated it, because I had, uh, I hated it. <laughs> I, so many people online were talking about how wonderful it was, so I just went and purchased it just without even thinking about it. And I pulled it up, I had so many bugs, so many glitches, that it just ruined <laughs> oh, it for me. man. I didn't play it until a couple of years later, when everything was fixed, and I really liked it. <laughs> It strikes me as a very Jeb game. I, I, I have been, I have, I have been compared to a cowboy dad before. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to say that in any kind of pejorative way, because, like, obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff in that game that you don't necessarily, you know, I, I don't know that you go out and hunt cougars, for example, but I do. <laughs> Not <any>. Ladies. <laughs> <clears throat> the point is that I very much, it, when you, you know, wide open desert, lots of exploration, lots of a very low-key country style, uh, very character-driven narrative, that all strikes me as very much in your ballpark. Talon, do you recall the characterizing events when we when we saw it played, when it was quite new and we were all at a friend's place with one of our friends who didn't often attend get-togethers? This is watching David plow a horse into a wall, right? No, no, it was just, at one point he, he went, I wonder if I can kick a chicken. Oh, yes! <laughs> and this pretty much defined the rest of the night. <laughs> It was just one of those things that isn't logically funny in the slightest, but no one could stop laughing. It was effectively two a.m. all night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I uh, when I, when I played it, it was it was most uh, it was mostly I, I I really liked the exploration. It's probably the the 
Rockstar game I've liked the most. Yeah. Which isn't saying much because I don't like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I did find uh, the Rockstar style a lot more agreeable when it was removed from, uh, well, removed from modernity, shall we say. It, it also, for me, it helped that uh, John Marston isn't a terrible human being. Yeah. True, true. No more terrible there's than your average bit... Western protagonist, anyway. Yeah. Less so. Well, I mean, you can still because you know he's well, you you can yes. Well, okay, there's but a difference not... between the the protagonist they give you and the protagonist you make him into in your sandbox. Yeah, experience. fair, fair like, enough. Fair. Mm-hmm. But even still, he's not you know he's not gallivanting with the with the, the <sighs> ladies of the evening. He he's not he's not actively cheating on his wife. He's not everything he's doing is wait his wife really... isn't dead. No, I just assumed his wife. The, what, the wife is always dead. <laughs> that's why. That's one of the reasons Holy why crap. he doesn't. One of the reasons why he he resists the the and he passes meat at him, and why he resists the temptations, and he talks about that a lot. That's pretty cool. He actually has a shred of moral integrity. Go him. <laughs> that's why they kill him. God damn it! All right, they kill him, and then you then you ride off. Then you play as his son. I and you, you ride off to get horse. revenge. <laughs> <laughs> no, you play oh, God, a, you I play a horse in a sandbox now. <laughs> you play John March gets killed and then you pl- start playing as his son who rides off to get revenge as turn the page plays. Wow. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Is it like a bluegrass version of Turn the Page? Sorry. It's a country fight version. A little went, bit, but. We're never doing another one of these games. Shut up. <laughs> Alright. Like, this is too. We, we're not going to top this, are we? Nope. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I actually kind of appreciate that. Like, that a developer having any kind of restraint to the idea of, of sequels, even if they tease the sequel, because sometimes teasing the sequel is the entire point of teasing the sequel, well, and if you do one, it would ruin it, but... By the way, speaking of sequels, uh, you said this wasn't a franchise game? Yeah. Uh, you do realize it's a sequel, right? No, I didn't. It is? It's the sequel to Red Dead Revolver. Oh, is that <laughs> from, like, 1989? <laughs> <laughs> it is the sequel to Red Dead Revolver, which is not an open-world game. And again, Talon was wrong. Rack one up. <laughs> hey, that, that's only one so far. That's not bad. All right. It's a franchise game. Are you sure? It's a sequel <laughs> from a franchise game. Super Mario Galaxy 2. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Is that it? Okay, either you're, either yeah, you're Googling. <laughs> either you're Googling or. No. Or you Who really know your Nintendo. That's amazing. <laughs> I thought, I thought, there, after the Alan Wake, after I make a one offhand reference to tie-ins, clearly, that's, that's the best we're gonna get all night. No, no. It's like, I'll show these losers how this is done. Jed's record. Cool. Nice. <laughs> I feel really silly now. I should go more obscure. It's a game where you can rustle around in a bee's fur, and she thanks you for it. No, mm. that one we would have gotten it instantly. Yeah, true. That's quite memorable. So, uh, so for, real. For Yes, I love the Galaxy series. It's so much fun. Uh, I've heard complaints that 2 is a bit of an expansion pack. Is that really... Eh, I suppose technically you get Yoshi, but I mean, what Mario game isn't really an expansion pack uh, to the previous one. <laughs> yeah, come on, you're telling me a Nintendo game is mostly iterative and they're not doing too much new stuff in the <laughs> franchise? Say it ain't so. <laughs> See, I, I heard that. I heard even though that uh, it's it's highly iterative, Galaxy Two is just flat out better. That's what I came away feeling. I mean, it's 
It's actually got some challenge to it too. There was a couple stages on there that I had to. It got me swearing a lot. <laughs> now, now keep in mind, I can only say what I've heard because I've never even seen a Wii in captivity. So yeah, <laughs> I I don't think they actually exist. Wow. I've never seen proof of it. It's a very persistent and successful illusion. The it's an elaborate. It is my version of the uh, of the Truman Show. <laughs> I've racked up a lot of hours on Fire Emblem Illusion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah. I, By the way, very nice stealth reference there to Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> she got it in there. I, I, and in Super Mario Galaxy's case, I, I, um. At the time, especially when you look at the list of the kind of games, like, I doing these research for these, there are some some months where I look at it and go, what can I possibly talk about in the retro gaming news that will be remembered? Oh, it's 13 different fairly generic sci-fi <laughs> or modern shooters. Nothing happened this month. So when you see, when you're scrolling through the list and you see something like a Super Mario anything, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I am, I'm still... Of course, this is the, of course, the one you found this time is the one where you go to space. Yeah. But it's but you, it's a Super Mario game where you go into space on the back of a green dinosaur and again rummage around in a giant bee's fuzz. That's not a very typical thing to find in a video game. I'm still kind of enchanted by the player two mechanic in Galaxy because it like the second I heard about it, I had these flashbacks to when I first started playing any kind of console game. Uh, and of course it was Sonic 2 because, <laughs> that, you know, I, I was a kid and I wasn't good at video games at that point because I didn't own anything that I could really play action games on. Um, so, you know, Tails existed as this safe point of entry compared to my cousin. Hi, Shrek! He doesn't listen. Um, He's not the listener. Who, who was your, you know, Okay, so Shrek device. is not the listener. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we know, that we, know, we know one name that the listeners isn't. You know <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that enabled me to get into video games despite the fact that I was of a uh, significantly lower skill level than my cousin who actually owned a console. And I hope Galaxy did that for, you know, a new generation of kids who didn't have much contact with games. Or... I heard, and this is this is one of those heard from her kind of situations, so don't take me too far on this one. But I actually heard a couple of girls talking about their boyfriends becoming more accepting of Mario games because they got to play with them. <laughs> like, you know, these guys are like, you know, typical cousins, uh, t- typical of my cousins, you know, navel and whatnot. So you have this very strong attitude. No, yes. I prefer Madeline games is. where you get to shoot things. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. This is pretty fun. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is pretty cool. Well, I told you about my sister and her partner, didn't I? Oh, we yes. I recently borrowed all my Wii games and are now playing Kobe's Epic Yarn together. <laughs> having a great deal of fun. And she's like, I don't think he even cares he's playing the little pink guy. He just loves that I'm playing video games with him. Listener, Kirby's Epic Yarn is really good. <laughs> Excellent this game. This is subliminal messaging. <laughs> Very Kirby's subliminal. Epic Yarn is really good. Prince Fluff is your savior. Does, doesn't that also exist? Though? Is that also a game that doesn't exist though? Yeah, it's a game that doesn't exist at least in Canada. <laughs> Banned in Canada for being on the Wii. All right, we have. I keep in mind when the Wii was popular, I was living in the U.S. Jesus. How how are you avoiding them? This is some this is some errant signal shit. This is this is 
Funnily enough, this is like a Stephen King novel. Anyway. I didn't hear what Jeb said because his voice is too much like a robot. We have a franchise game, but not an oversaturated franchise. Fallout New Vegas. No, not Fallout New Vegas, sadly. No. Um, you, you probably haven't seen an ad for this game anytime recently. It's not that kind well, of Well, no, it's from, it's from 2010. I almost so. never see ads for games. That's true. That's true. It is a rare video game that tests manual skill. Guitar Hero. No. Pretty Good much thought. Guitar Hero. Good thought, though. <laughs> yeah, not Rock Band or Guitar Hero. <laughs> is it and like a DDR type thing? No, and not DJ Hero either. Damn. Which has got to be the worst idea. <laughs> I, I, Donkey know, Konga. I'm willing to leave the value of that up to people who, ha- who care at all about the kind of music you generate with a DJ in a turntable, because that is just not not anywhere approaching my thing. So, a friend of mine thought the DJ Hero was fantastic. There you go. See, oh, well, fair enough. Was the Tony Hawk Balance Board game any good? Is it the Tony Hawk Balance Board game? No. Damn. Different manual skill. Running out. Yeah, of for starters, that's not manual. <laughs> Is it a, a, a lesser motion control system uh, entry? It is indeed what many people were snidely referring to as the lesser motion oh, control. Oh, is it the game. least of the motion control systems? Is it heavy rain? Is it is it heavy rain on the move? <laughs> oh God, was there seriously a move heavy rain? Are you making that up or is that real? I don't I'm know. not making that up. There was there was move control for unhooking a bra. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> David like the Cage going to bed. Oh, he is a bit of a creeper. <clears throat> no, um, he should have stopped it. He should have stopped it, David Bowie. Okay, it's which is advice for all of us, really. Yeah, who amongst us cannot say we went too far when we went beyond David Bowie? Uh, are we suggesting that if there was a game where you could unhook David Bowie's bra with the move controls, it would have done a lot better? I would have at least been interested yes. to see that. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that would have done. I will out front say that. <laughs> Forget I made fun of that. That's that's an obvious yes. <laughs> what was that say, Real? Did this game start a franchise? It did not start a franchise, but it did move a franchise. The franchise Ooh. had hey, get it move on a handheld be... console. Okay, darn. Oh, um, couldn't be Wario. No, though. One of the years I was looking at, the only noteworthy thing that came out in May at the start of the month was one WarioWare game, and at the end of the month, the other WarioWare game. <laughs> Like I, thought you, I, I thought you were gonna so say Wario. I thought you were gonna say Shake It. I have so little knowledge of shit that came out for the move. I that said, just... not the move. Oh, I think you said it was on the the least of the. Well, it was on the lesser one. It, it, ah. Oh, even the less. Is, is it the gun? Oh, it's on the Wii. Not the lesser one. That's the one that started the trend. Or people imagined it starting the trend. If you're Jeb. <laughs> But no, yes, it's a it's a Wii game, and there were other installments of the franchise on the DS. The Fire Emblem? No, again, manual skill game. Oh god, no! Fire Emblem has no concept of motion control. It, it doesn't even have the Wiimote point at the screen thing. It's like, yeah, you can turn it sideways or turn it right way up. Enjoy. <laughs> Press some buttons, nerd. I have no clue about. I don't tell me. I fucking know this. I will get this. DS or DS? DS. It was on the DS, not a Castlevania. Castlevania was on the DS right before it was made into an inferior fight game on the Wii. No, horrible stick waggle controls. It. Yes, the stick. It was horrible, and it was drawn by that Death Note fucker. Yes, no. Sorry, I apologize to whoever that artist for calling it that Death Note fucker. I just hate your drawings. It's nothing personal. I'm pretty sure he's not the listener either. Turns out he is. Well, he's not the listener anymore. 
I love that you two are sitting here sassing back and forth about Death Note and Castlevania, and in the background I can just hear the wheels going in Sabriel's head and going, what the, what the hell game? Any more hints? It is... Is it Mario? No, no. Mario. It is a dramatic kind of game, and it draws heavily on the memes and ideas of a job. Oh, cooking Mama. So, no, Cooking Mama no, is a good idea for a good kind of game we're talking about. Oh, it's about. Trauma Center! Hey! Yes! Oh, nope, I had no idea. I didn't play it. Trauma Team, which no. is fucking hard. There was a there was another Trauma Center on the Wii before that, wasn't there? Uh, after that? There was Trauma Center Under the Knife. That's the one. Yeah, Tra- Trauma Center Under the Knife was a... Oh, it was a remake port. of one of the DS ones, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but Trauma Team was a brand new for the Wii right. uh, Trauma Center game. And for anyone who hasn't played Trauma Center, it's hard. <laughs> it's good, but it hates you. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it, 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 I, it's hard to convey, because I'm not a very manually skilled man. I have big monkey hands. I'm not very deft. <laughs> I have fucking artist hands, and that game is a bitch. <laughs> that game is really hard. It's like fucking brain surgery or something. <laughs> I think that is the problem, actually. Like, uh, uh, you know, I love my DS very, very much, but that screen is not good for precision stuff. Like, this is why things like EBA worked really well on it. It's a rhythm thing. It's a sharp, single impact kind of thing. But mm. if you've tried to draw on that, it's not a good system for that kind of thing. It's... You know, it's it's a tiny little low resolution touch screen. It's just not going to do that well in that regard. Yeah, I could make my excellent picture of a deck on it. Yep, looked pretty good. If it too. don't get me wrong, people have done amazing things with that screen, but they are amazing people. Like Jeb Kavak. Your duck is amazing, Jeb. All right then. And while we're talking about moving from one console to another, we have the iOS release of a franchise game. Final Fantasy IV. No to both of you, though hilariously, both are related to this title. (laughs) They put Phoenix right on iOS. They put Phoenix right on the iOS. Oh, that was going to be my guess for the last question. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So close. All right. That is a really good place for it, I guess. they got to stop putting shit on Android, not just iOS. Yeah. All right. Now, here here we have our second last game, second last game for Retro Gaming News. And this is, this is the one that I got and I looked at and there's, there's, I'm pretty sure there is no way anyone is going to guess this. So, Fox, hurry up and guess Loom now. I was already mouthing Lou, Matt. You didn't you see me? I saw. Okay. I was just getting it in under the radar. And uh, Jeb, innocent life? No, and nor is it bad rats. All no right. one guessed bad rats. Talent. God, how stupid do you think we are? Okay. This game is a franchise game. This game got an eighty-seven percent Metacritic score. <laughs> this game has voice acting by Michael Myers. Wait, is this like a Shrek tie-in game? Yes, it is. <laughs> Motherfucking what? Like one of the like Mario Party things. Shrek Forever After, the four-player co-op game tie-in to the movie. Oh my god! Has an 87% Metacritic score. Has an 87% Metacritic god, score. Well, god damn it! I need to get my friends together for LB now. Yeah, we. I think we kind of need to know. How is this game any good? How does it have an 87? I don't know. Our our, our honor. Out of how many reviews? I don't. I, 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 the peak score was 91. Fuck hell! So thought, this is a timeless classic. <laughs> yeah, I think journalistic integrity demands that we at least find out what the fuck is up with that. I have no explanation. I have no reasons. But if, but I figured if anyone wants to know about this, it's the goons that follow Jeb around. Because I'm pretty sure they own this game already. 
did you guys troll this shit? (laughs) Were you a little bit trolly? Did you do some trolling? They, if I remember correctly, during Ty Tuesday's charity stream, didn't someone get a Spanish language Shrek game on the front page of Twitch? I have no idea what that is. On Hitbox. Hitbox. Small, smaller pond, so, yeah, okay. Alright. But yes, some of my friends have included Shrek games in, in their charity streams. Alright. So maybe they've already played this one. Maybe that's why it's such a great game. Yeah. Alright. Last one. And this is a franchise game, again. Uh, it's... <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I was looking over you with this suspicious flex, like, you've lied to me before. <laughs> I don't trust you in your crazy ass Shrek tie-in games. What's he gonna say? Okay, this is a franchise that's very long-running. It's been pretty successful in almost all of its incarnations. It's generally... Fallout New Vegas. I'm sorry, Jeb? Fallout New Vegas. No, no. Um, uh, it's a game that in its first major incarnation pushed back animation standards, and in its second incarnation pushed back storytelling standards. Pushed back as in terrible? Sorry, what was that? Sorry. Was pushed back as in terrible and made it worse? Or no, no, as in, as in there was a sort of, oh, wow, this is, this is you know, really quite remarkably good. So, yes, pushed forward. So do I want to bonk the protagonist? I think you might. Hmm. All right, but... and this game specifically is... Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> nice. I don't want to bonk the protagonist, <laughs> I want to bonk the sidekick. Uh, this game in particular is a bit of an orphaned part of the series. This game... Was there a Mega Man Zero game at this time, or...? No. This game was released to try and capitalize on a movie, but isn't a tie-in with that movie. Is this a Prince of Persia game? Yes. Hey! It is a Prince of Persia game. Uh, That would be... uh, Well, it can't be Prince of Persia 2007, so it must be the one that came after that. What's it called? Uh, Fucking Back to Sands of Time because no one liked the new prince. What's it called? Ah, I can't remember. Anyone else want to throw in a guess? No idea. There was a there was there was a now he's chunky. There's a Prince of Persia game after 2007. (laughs) Yes, it's like Sands of Destiny Forgotten Sands. Forgotten Sands. Forgotten Blood on the Sand. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's a 50 Cent tie-in. I would probably do the Sands of Time Prince, but the Forgotten Sands Prince is all like chunky and hairy. He's trying to be Jake Gyllenhaal. Sands of Time Prince has this cute floppy haircut, and that British accent is just adorable. Um, Forgotten Sands, I, I played almost all the, the, the regeneration of, uh, the Prince of Persia games with an audience in that I actually had a friend who was, who owned the games and he wanted to see how they looked in play, so I sat down in his house and played through the whole thing. And I gotta say, Forgotten Sands feels like a cover band. <laughs> it is, yeah, there's something missing On there. the other hand, they definitely brought it back to, like, I remember you played 2007, and you were very like, okay, I can't say it's bad, it's just a totally different parkour type thing to what I enjoyed playing with Sands of Time. Uh, I I disliked 07 a lot, viscerally, when I sat down and played it, but upon a replay, and another replay, and a talk with someone who liked it a lot more, the thing that makes 07 better at what it's trying to do is 07 wants to be non-punitive. 07 wants to be a more meditative kind of game, and you're really supposed to sit down, relax, 
and just flow. And so when it punishes you, it doesn't want to punish you in terms of your thinking of your resources, your thinking of your loss in the long term. It's just like, okay, jump back to the nearest point and keep going. And this is why a lot of the actual like contact with the walls and that kind of stuff, it's all very forgiving because it wants to encourage that feeling of flow. Well, this is how our friend who owned the two games, who liked 2007 a lot more than Forgotten Sands, yeah. spoke about it. Like, it was like a race game yeah. rather than a, an exploration kind of pathfinding game. Um, and what he really liked about it was being able to get up to speed. and Also, uh, the press X to banter. <laughs> I found that weirdly likable. The whole banter thing is... Uh, well, okay, that's probably where Forgotten Sands went wrong, because that story was like moldy balls bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like... It was a cover band. Uh, it was very... It was a token plot, really. Like, it was... It wasn't uh, even really playing off any of the previous stuff. Like, uh, didn't Prince, you magically your brother... have a brother suddenly? Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, Prince, your brother <laughs> that we've never mentioned in any of the stories until now needs your help. Ursula's crazy sister! <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's Ursula's crazy sister. Yeah, exactly, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and like... Well, you know, the... In... Chance of time, he was referred to as the youngest. That's true. That's true. But the other brothers don't come up after that point in the other game, so it is kind well, of... Well, yeah, sure they do. They do in Forgotten Sands. Well, there you go. And I, like, hey, I, you were hoping for witty banter companion? No, in this one you get, like, humorless magic girl. Yeah. She was dull like fuck. Also, and this is... Listener, this is going to be a spoiler for the end of Forgotten Sand, so stop listening for a little bit if you want to avoid We're going to spoil 2007 while we're at it. Yeah. Uh, the ending of 2007 kind of sucks in the whole, you know, barrier maiden kills herself and whatnot to to do the thing. That does suck. But at the end of Forgotten Sands, the girl turns herself into a sword, which you then use to kill the bad guy with, and it's destroyed. Like, you can't get much more objectifying than she gets turned into an object. I just, I, I hate that they chose to do it with both of those games. They chose to do yeah. this combination of, like, woman turns herself into your plot device, and that's what she wants to do, so you, yeah. know, you can't, re- you're not allowed to hold that against us. But you're going to try and stop her, which has this combined effect of, you know, you, you're trying to prevent her from having agency, while at the same time her entire existence is about you, and just this nasty combination of... yeah. Worst of both worlds. Yeah. It's icky. I I wish I didn't love playing those games so much sometimes. Especially in the post-game stuff for Elika, where it's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna bring her back and fuck everything, and she's gonna be all like, why didn't you just let me sacrifice myself heroically? And uh, There's a whole bundle of why are we dealing with this in a game that's supposed to be about fun, witty banter, and, you know, doing cool parkour tricks. Basically, I I really like that series. It has a lot of flaws. Um, Weirdly, it's one of those rare instances where every sequel improved upon the core game and yet somehow also made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Like the combat Um, in... The combat in Forgotten, the, the combat in Sands of Time was kind of floaty and rubbish. The combat in the next game was better handled, but everything else was so bad. <laughs> Famously bad. Like, you, do not open your storybook Arabian Night style game on a close up of a metal thong. Just don't. It's such a bad first impression. And then the next game improved the story again, and you didn't have metal thongs, but the dynamic between the prince and El- and um far yeah, is gone far again. and yeah. that that's really sad yeah i i yeah. i disagree with the idea that it diminishes her somehow to give her like a combat role rather than making her just your object for squeezing through walls oh and, yeah i i don't uh you know just the fact that she pretty much had no personality by the point she got back in there yeah don't get me wrong i quite like the idea of uh, <laughs> sorry 
I quite like the notion of I would play a floaty prince following along behind a warrior goddess who is clearing paths and I like flip switches for her and whatnot. <laughs> I actually think that could be a totally fun game, but the game wasn't structuring itself like that. Did you try to do something like that in the early parts of Forgotten Sands with your uh, magical brother? Yeah, because he had the sword and like he was being all oh, I'm a cool warrior guy, and you were like oh, I'm gonna go around this way. Yeah, but so yeah, that that was our roundup for the month of May 2010. Oh, pretty eventful month. Yeah. Beats the shit out of the beats the shit out of the year beforehand. Let me tell you. <laughs> Does anyone remember a game called Pinpoint? No, uh, no, no, no. It was a first-person shooter. So hey, Sabriel, hey. you've mentioned quite enjoying uh, Super Mario Galaxy. I did. Are there any other games that you really enjoy that you just don't get a chance to talk about much? Um, let's see. I've been playing lots of City Skylines lately. Oh yeah. That kind of game, uh, a genre you usually play, or is that a kind uh, of a standout thing? Uh, just the city. I like city builders. I have since I first played SimCity on the Super Nintendo way back in the day. It, it was on the Super Nintendo? Like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that was my first exposure to the game. It had, ba- it had, it had Bowser in it as as the, the monster. Ah! <laughs> And that's where you first got to see Will Wright, who gave you gifts, and that's where the series gained gifts from certain, um, when you hit certain goal- goals. Like, 10,000 awesome. population, you get a building, that's where it all started. You are making that up. Really? No. <laughs> Not at all. serious. It's even on the Wii Virtual Console that, um, Jeb has never seen. <laughs> it- as as the V is as the Wii is itself a virtual console, this would be virtual console, virtual console. Exactly. Really? Yeah, I, no. I, I like I know I've seen SimCity and like those collection of fifteen hundred SNES ROMs you download for twenty four <laughs> hours and for uh, sample purposes. It would definitely only. be deleted after that time period. Yeah. Because <laughs> that totally makes it legal. Except for how it doesn't, so this is all just pretend. But I didn't realize that was actually, as it were, a thing. I thought that was like something someone ported to it later. No, oh, that was a that was kind of a big budget, uh, big uh, name draw. Huh. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but Nintendo was not particularly big in Australia back in the uh, the 2D days because they kind of decided, ah, eh, fuck Australia. There's not much of a market there. Yeah. So uh, the the Mega Drive was quite big here. The Nintendo was kind of the redheaded stepchild for quite a while. Sega Sega made a deal early on with a company called Video Easy to give them discounted rates for renting out consoles. Oh, that explains a lot. Which meant that Video Easy, amongst other things, produced a bumper ad, which was a guy who had never heard of a Sega reading it, never heard of anything they've done. <laughs> Reading a, a, a script about them. This is how everyone learned to say Sega instead of is, Sega, isn't and it? And this is why Australians of a certain age bracket refer to Sega without even right. thinking about it. <laughs> huh. I think I still even did it several times, despite the fact that I've like trained myself to say Sega on the the basis that I criticize everyone else's pronunciation, so I should try and get mine right. <laughs> the really funny thing there is that if you owned one said its name when you booted it up. It was like... Yeah, but it, it sort of sang it, and it depended on the game. They Like, yeah. it wasn't a single sound effect. Yeah, but if you had one, you'd hear it correctly. No, no, no. Did they have remember, a Remember, it sounds like... Remember, it sounds like the first part of Sega Sanchero. <laughs> what was that, Sabriel? He only came into my life later. 
did they have a localized version of the Sega where they're like, hey, Sega, I. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> Around here, it said, hey, how's it going, Nick Sega? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I want to check to see if Premi's ever said, what's up, my Sega? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that might Which be shot, racist. But about Sega. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. See, the, the Sega sound. The point is, it was like Sega. And it yeah, sort of. You could hear it either way. But my point is that there were more people who exp- were exposed to the bumper on a Video Easy rental than ever actually owned one of the consoles. He probably said it like six million more times than you'd hear it, because it happened like once at the beginning of a game. Yeah. And then you played the game for like eight hours straight. Yep. But yeah, uh, so so this whole, there's this big cultural divide in the, the a lot of the Sega games and a lot of the, the Sega franchise stuff, like the, the console wars, they literally didn't happen. There wasn't anyone advertising saying, oh, well, we do what Nintendo don't, because... Why would you? There was nothing to fight over. Wow. Even better. Ted didn't do anything. We got an inherited version of the console wars, which was one-sided, because we got Sega magazines from the UK. Yeah. (laughs) And they just got imported, so there was that whole, you know, we're going to make fun of Nintendo thing, but no one really cared much, because... So it was like informed uh, opinionation. Is that a word? Well, we got this, we got this really weird side effect where you have kids in, kids in the schoolyard make fun of Nintendo owners who had never met a Nintendo (laughs) owner. Is there a Nintendo owner here to speak for them? No good, we won! (laughs) (laughs) Those lame-o Nintendo owners. (laughs) Fucking Sonic, yeah! (laughs) You didn't have the blast processing or all that crap. (laughs) They, they like a plumber. (laughs) I have it on good authority that Nintendo sucks with an X. I want you all to know that when Fox said Sonic, yeah, she threw up the horns. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I was doing the voice. <laughs> we are and remain terrible people. Uh, but, so, so you've been playing Skylights? <laughs> Just for the record. Oh yeah, cities. Yeah, oh god. Um, this is City what City, New Sim City should have been. Yeah. I, I skipped that. Entire thing once I discovered Same that it was going game. to be online. Like, nope, nope. Uh, but City Skylines, they just recently added a patch where you can build tunnels now. But, um, to avoid your, oh, I don't know if you guys have probably, well, you probably have not seen, um, but since launch of City Skylines, you, you can build crazy roads or like on ramps. Well, people will build these huge thing, like monstrosities of highway <laughs> management. Uh, call it like spaghettification of highways. <laughs> Or I guess it's more like spaghetti highways. And um so now you can build tunnels to help avoid a lot of that. But if you haven't played it, it doesn't mean much to you, but it's like this amazing thing. Would you believe City Skyline has come up at school for me? I do? <laughs> Wait, not normally? Not, and not in the, like, I, at university, at, in a course, in a lecture, I've had a lecturer bring up something to do with City Skyline. Huh? What was it? It wasn't the Digital Game Cultures class. It was the Digital Descent, where the discussion about the developer going onto Patreon and producing uh, media for the game 
Wait, was this another like developer who worked on the previous? Like, is this like a Mighty Number no. Nine thing? Are we talking about? A I believe who was it was a SimCity Sim dev. Yep. Oh. Uh, SimCity dev okay. started, um, started a Patreon for making new content for City Skylines because you can make your own buildings and whatnot. And he was the model designer or one of the model designers for SimCity. <laughs> he didn't That's have a rad. job anymore because Maxis was shut down. And, uh, or the Maxis division was shut down. So he's like, hey, I still want to do this. Give me money, you know, I'll keep doing this. This is an interesting thing we're starting to see. Like, I, I like this idea that people who are the reasons these games work are getting to the point where they're able to go, no, fuck you, I'm, I'm going to take the fact that I can do this work and just see if people are directly willing to give me money to do the thing. And like with Mighty Number no. Nine, it doesn't even have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a casual elbow drop there. I I admit I'm feeling something of the same way about the the recent Ukulele and uh, Bloodstain Kickstarters. I'm a little creeped out by them, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially when we got especially um... Bloodstained with the ninety percent publisher backing. Uh, you were saying, Gabriel. Well, aside from just the concept of it, which I'm still kind of, eh, but the addition of the trouser snake in ukulele. Did you hear about that? No. What? I have a new character. It's a snake, and its name is Trouser. Uh, That's a little classless. Well, this is a game where a fart bubble is one of the mechanics. True. Yeah, but that's like silly humor, not sex humor. Mm. It's kind of a line between those. Not a literal penis joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not approved, but that just seemed like really like therapy? a poop joke is in a different class to a cunt joke, and we all know that instinctively. Right. <laughs> That's an amazing sentence that I'm going to have to diagram <laughs> on point. <laughs> Take that to your uni class. <laughs> yes, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Anyway, uh, the wouldn't the... that be a wonderful thing? Just to write an academic paper with that kind of language in it so you can force people to cite that kind of language. That'd be magnificent. But, but Sabriel, with, uh, with cities, I understand you also play other games for, for work, obviously. Uh, oh, go. Yeah, let's see what else. Oh, I started, well, for work. Well, I what I was, what I was going to ask is, do you find, uh, a game like cities is like a, a palate cleanser kind of thing? Oh, it is something that, it's, you know how we were talking about mountain? Is uh yeah, and it's soft, like easy game to play. That's for me. That's cities. It's relaxing. Plus, it's also addicting. So you're always like, oh, one one more little zone, one more little development <laughs> area. Do you find yourself making goals within the game to I define will. it? Um, I mean, they have little goals in game to reach for certain population things, but whatever. Um, I would like to see if I can make a. Well, see, I I hate grids. I'm like grid cities, like the American yeah. thing. Yeah. Like if, and um, like I mean, it's fine in real life; it works, whatever. But in game, like I want to do something more challenging. So I recently found the a national park here in the states called Zion National Park. Tons of mountains, and someone actually made a map for that in game. Hardly any way to build, and if you do, you have to make these long winding <clears throat> roads to get anywhere. That's much more fun, challenging than just oh, build another square. Oh, yep, here's another building. I, I feel that we have not made excellent use of our Sabriel this this particular podcast. <laughs> I, it, would, would it be okay? 
Would it be Sorry. okay for us to arrange in the future if there's like any upcoming event or anything you want to talk about or a game you're really into uh, to come back? Would that be cool? Sure thing. Sure thing. Awesome. Awesome. All right, that's it for episode 19 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. I'd like to thank our special guest, Sabriel, uh, for joining us. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to plug or any shout-outs you'd like to do, uh, go ahead. Um, you can find me at sabriel.me. That'll link you to all my socials and YouTube and Facebooks and all that fun stuff. Awesome. And we'll have a link for that in the description as well. Until next time, that's been Fox. That's probably Jalen. That definitely has been Jeb. Stay tuned next week when I will probably be complaining about Modern Masters 2015. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. It's going to be another magic episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all, I'm not going to dawn. <laughs> started talking and you went right over him. <laughs> <laughs> like three munchlaks is chasing a bagel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, I've never eaten a bagel. Yeah, but I don't care, but I want that I want that on his shirt now. <laughs> Someone's throwing three throwing a bagel. You know the munchlaks is chasing. <laughs> Something I, I wish deeply that I had the animation skill for is I, I would love to do a Lost Vikings type game with three munchlaxes all walking on each other's shoulders like a stack. And they run, and if you stop quickly, they like overbalance and they fall off and roll off. They leave a wobble. You have to go pick them back up. So, th- th- make that the core mechanic of the game. It's a racing game, and you've got to manage them. <laughs> Because if they if you if you, te- if you teeter over, you've got to gather them up, and that loses your time. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> now let's let Jeb do his job and <laughs> shut up. <laughs>